You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Austin is one of the most famous writers in English literature. Her books have been made into movies, television series, stage plays, and all from only ever writing six novels. Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma, Northanger Abbey, and the last book she wrote before she passed away, Persuasion. Spelled exactly how you think. <laughs> Which is? Well, I don't know. Uh, well, Google it. <laughs> and even though these books were written 200 years ago, her words remain perpetually relevant. She created strong, memorable characters. She's got a wit and a charm and was an early feminist with ambition and determination in her craft that has stood the test of time. Before Jane's work, writing had become unrealistic and unrelatable as it had become sweeping poetics used more often to display an acumen in language rather than telling coherent, relatable, realistic stories. In fact, critics thought that Jane's popularity was overrated because of <clears throat> her limited thoughts about her small world <laughs> and its small concerns. But... That's exactly what made her popular. She wrote of everyday life and, more importantly, of everyday women. She used humor and irony to criticize the way of life that was and is for women. Persuasion from Netflix is the newest adaptation from Ms. Austin. Living with her snobby family on the brink of bankruptcy, Anne Elliott, played by Dakota Johnson, is an unconforming woman with modern sensibilities and, of course, because this is Jane Austen, plenty of sass. <laughs> when Frederick Wentworth, Cosmo Jarvis is the actor playing him here, a dashing captain in the Navy and the one that got away, crashes back into her life and must choose between putting the past behind her or listening to her heart when it comes to second chances. I am T.C. DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow romantics, Bradley... Hello, Melina. Good morrow to you. Oh, and Sarah Jane. Rather. <laughs> All right. Now, who among us is a Jane Austenite? Hello. I am. I didn't think I was until I saw this, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> One must never know the longings of one's heart until they self-reflect. <laughs> Rather, it's in self-reflection, but upon the words on the pages, that we see ourselves in others. Oh, wow, good, Oh, man. Good. And Brad, I'm sure that if you quoted that to these filmmakers, they would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these filmmakers are kind of funny that way, huh? Uh, there is an interesting interpretation of Austin happening in this movie, which is the flea bag treatment. Oh, okay. Because she is clocking the camera from a skewed side angle exactly like Phoebe Waller-Bridge in this I scene. had no idea that's what she was doing. I thought she was just being quirky. 
<laughs> she was a quirky girl. Yeah. I found it impossible to miss, quite frankly. <laughs> watching this, like, well, actually, no, watching the trailer, I could hear the elevator pitch in my head where they're like, okay, picture this. We write Fleabag in a Jane Austen movie. Does that sound cool? <laughs> yes. Can we get Phoebe in it? No. Too expensive. Uh, well, she didn't say anything outrageous or thought-provoking like Phoebe Waller-Bridge does in Fleabag, except when she's quoting the books, I suppose. But the movie certainly mm. thinks she is. <laughs> does it? <laughs> Fleabag, just to end the note on that, Fleabag blew my mind when Me I too. watched it like the pilot even. I'm like, wow. It was so great. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm laughing, but also it's amazing. Yeah. With this, yeah. I'm like, eh, it's, it's cute. I'm watching a stage play. <laughs> totally went over my head. That's what they were going for. Sorry. Well, if, I do think if you're familiar with Fleabag, now that's been pointed out to you, Bradley, you can see, you're like, oh, yeah, clear as day. I see it right there. And that's where this movie sort of bumps up against itself because the modern breaking fourth wall, clock in the camera style matched against the very literal translation of Jane Austen's work, very much like Little Women or Pride and Prejudice, those things start clashing. And I don't know if it was a matter of, look, if you're going to go all in on this, go the clueless route. Go all in on it. If you're going to not, then don't. Like, like it, it, They tried to walk the line, and it never really clicked in place for me. That's a fat line. i agree with you tc i think that they um needed to pick a lane and then stay in it but they were swerving between the two i will say that i thought that it looked great i didn't have a problem with that i thought and the costumes were great i thought i was gonna hate dakota johnson and i didn't I thought I actually liked her, and I don't blame her for the problems that I have with the movie. I thought she did well, and her accent was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I agree with you on that, Sarah. I actually wasn't sure what to expect from her. Recently, I've watched another movie with her called Cha-Cha Real Smooth, oh, okay. and she won me over in that. Oh, I, I shouldn't hold a crappy movie against her. Like <laughs> she did. was in The Lost Daughter, too, <laughs> and she was good. I was going to say, well, three really crappy movies. But still, don't, <laughs> still, don't, 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 yeah, no, I haven't seen any of them, so whatever. <laughs> I have better things to do. You're on fire tonight. <laughs> I, I thought she was quite lovely in this. In an Austin fashion, all the characters in this are very charming and very likable. And I think the characters on the page that we shouldn't like are so damn endearing. Like Mary, her sister, who is just spoiled and snotty. She's so likable. I really like her, despite the fact that she's a snot. (laughs) Even her father, who's supposed to be this very uppity, pretentious, (laughs) loves the smell of his own farts. He's just doing such a good job. I can't help but like you, man. (laughs) I love Richard E. Grant in pretty much, I mean, not pretty much. I love him in everything. And so I was excited to see him because I thought, well, if nothing else, he's in it and I'll enjoy his performance. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. everything that I can say I liked about this movie either were because of a really funny delivery that he gave. They have this great long-running gag through the whole thing where he is such a narcissist that he literally has several portraits of him in several styles (laughs) around the house. And there's this great shot early on where he's talking to Anne, Dakota Johnson's character, and you see these two servants trying to gently remove one of the portraits from the house. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's funny. That actually is really cute and funny. 
I think that's the only thing I can say I liked about this, other than, as Sarah Jane, you were saying the cinematography. This is a beautiful movie to look at. Gorgeous. Yeah. The ensemble here is good, and I do think that you can't necessarily blame the actor for what's happened here. It was the stylistic choice of the filmmakers, the director, because, as I said, I like a lot of these cast members. I like what they're doing with the material they have, but it feels lesser than. This was the last book that, Jane Austen wrote, and it does feel like she just is retreading the Pride and Prejudice ground. So it feels like, oh, this is just an echo of a much better movie. Well, this is also like <laughs> the 100th reinterpretation of Persuasion as well. BBC does it all the time. I'm sure there's a live action modern adaptations of this one. Anytime a rom-com is being written starring a pop singer that wants to break into Hollywood, be a movie star, and just say, let's just do Persuasions. Who cares? <laughs> Add Dash to the airport. Don't leave me in Persuasions. Yeah. I had that same thought. I was like, the ending of this really mm -hmm. is the 18th century equivalent of the airport Dash, isn't it? Yeah, Jane invented all of it. Let's go yes, through them did. real quick. Uh, will they, won't they? That's her bread and butter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody does that. Still, uh, unrequited love. I like you, but do I like you like you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole alternative love interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, the one that got away, that's a big one. I could just tell you, but I'd rather be charmingly befuddled. That's a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Hugh Grant speciality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not really in love with... But I thought that... Oh, but it was you that was in love with... Oh, what a silly mix-up. That's a big one. Yeah, this movie certainly assumes that you've never read or seen Sense and Sensibility, because it actually kind of copies and pastes the entire third act conflict from it. Yeah. yeah. Guys, uh, this actually just kind of makes me want to go watch Sense and Sensibility again. Well, that's also yeah. kind of everyone's top you're not a Pride and Prejudice person, then Sense and Sensibility. Oh, but yeah. even the Prides <laughs> and the Senses shake hands and say, they're both great. Let's not fight. Let's yeah. marathon yeah. these. I didn't care for the actor who played Captain Wentworth. Cosmo Jarvis. Jarvis. Mads Mikkelsen Jr. <laughs> I thought he looked like Andrew Lincoln's stunt double. <laughs> I had seen him in something called Calm with Horses, and he was good in that. But it was like he transferred that character to this. And so he just felt stiff. He wasn't dashing in any sense of the word. He was very formal. And I didn't buy her in love with him. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, I didn't buy it. No. You kind of just nailed home exactly what made me come away not liking this. In fact, I think to date, this is probably my least favorite uh, Jane Austen adaptation. I actually can't even think of one that I dislike other than this. And that is because, like you said, Sarah, I just didn't buy any of it. First of all, yeah. Anne Elliot, if you've read Persuasion or if you've seen many of the other adaptations, she's famously a very introverted, very kind of selfless human being who is so put upon by her family that she doesn't even think to acknowledge her feelings for Wentworth herself until the pretty much the end of the novel. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much her arc. And here, it's like the filmmakers read the Wikipedia article for the character and said, mm, we don't want to write that character. We want to write Elizabeth Bennet. We want to write Emma. Right. And I'm like, but that's not who Anne Elliot is. Yeah, if you want to do that, just adapt those. 
Exactly. And I'm like, if you want to adapt Pride and Prejudice in the Fleabag style, fine. That would actually be more suitable. But with Anne, she is probably one of the more sympathetic of Jane Austen's characters because it's really all about her finding her voice, really learning to step into the driving seat of her own life. And here, they just completely did away with that, and they make her a character who's very plucky. She's very self-assured, which would be fine, except for this story, it kind of makes the premise not make any sense. You don't buy for mm -hmm. one second that this is somebody who would have walked away from a relationship because her asshole family told mm -hmm. her to. Mm -hmm. And right. it makes even less sense mm -hmm. that she would have any problem telling him seven years on, yeah, no, I'm still in love with you. Eight. Yeah. Eight years. Eight. God. <laughs> Girl, move on. She was pining. Mm -hmm. She even says she's pining. She points it out to the audience. It's so weird. Yeah. Which doesn't really make for a strong female character that I think they want to paint her as. Yeah, and everybody knows she's pining. It's so awkward. It is awkward, but I'm also like, I think my biggest problem with that is screenwriters. <laughs> I don't want to lecture you, but... Uh, Having someone go on a soapbox speech about how women don't need men in their lives to be happy does not, on its own, make your lead character a strong female lead, especially when her only character attribute is whining my pining my way through life for a guy I am driving myself to drink because I just can't <laughs> deal with life without him. Like, give me oh a break. Oh my gosh, it just hit me. Phoebe Waller-Bridge chugging that bottle. Uh, yeah, Just she had to have her fun. wine. Which one? Mm -hmm. That's on yes, she had a lot of wine. There's a 1995 version of Persuasion with Amanda Root in the Anne role. And, uh, you know, they make her out to be, like, very plain and very timid and shy and the complete opposite of the way they had Dakota Johnson acting. It's, like, not even the same planet mm -mm. it's very strange anyway so yes watch that 1995 version of persuasion <laughs> yeah. sear and hines is in it in case you're not sold yes he's great and my friend or used to be my friend we lost touch but he wrote the music for that oh wow so, oh wow. i know celebrity drop there good job <laughs> <laughs> i think you know. austin's work needs to keep being interpreted and needs to keep coming out and will because it remains poignant However, this imagining of it, reimagining of it, this interpretation of it, at the best, I hope that this at least interests people in her work. If you have not seen Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley, if you haven't seen Sense and Sensibility, seek these out, right? Seek those out, and I hope that this is sort of a launch point for what if, – if you came into this because you liked Bridgerton, okay, your, your itch is going to be scratched <laughs> here. But there are better versions of this. I suppose I could fold that into some of my final thoughts here. This movie is pretty, both in landscape and the casting. There's not a dull frame of 19th century being lost here. This is very beautiful to look at. The costuming, the location, the nature. It's just lovely. And if you like 19th century romance, everything you want is going to be here. Mm. There is a predictability in Jane Austen's work but that doesn't diminish the charm of it. Throughout all the adaptations of her work, the one thing that always remains is her wit and her relatability. Where adaptations suffer is in stylistic choices from each individual filmmaker. And I found the Fleabag fourth wall breaking and the big text that donated the locations 
diminished the effectiveness of this movie. Austin's work has always encouraged modernization because of its universality, but these two stylistic choices didn't do it for me. And it didn't break the movie, but it did leave me wondering if this would have felt more like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility, and therefore better if it hadn't made those attempts. I still enjoyed it overall. Dakota Johnson is sweet, and she does well with the material as well as the rest of the cast here. So there is plenty to like. I just don't think there's enough here to even love, which is strange for being a movie about love. But (laughs) if you don't like this sort of thing, you weren't going to watch it in the first place. But if you do like this sort of thing and we have enticed you or at least mildly interest you, (laughs) I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 19th century mixtapes. Playlists. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Playlists. (laughs) Sarah Jane, go ahead. Gosh, I don't even know what to say anymore i'm again it's beautiful people are beautiful although cosmo jarvis looks like like i don't know what did you say andrew lincoln's like wax figure that's what he looks like i don't know sure he's very weird it sometimes you're like oh yeah he's kind of hot and then you're like no he's kind of not anyway that's neither here nor there i think you if you're interested in jane austen there are better things to watch like the the 1995 version of Persuasion, there's like an A and E BBC version of Pride and Prejudice from the 90s. Like how many episodes is it? Eight. It's amazing. So I'm just gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna give this. It's a five. I never trust a five. Out of ten. <laughs> oh god. I, I don't think anybody listening to this has any doubt in their mind. I I really didn't like this. <laughs> I went into this with as open a mind as I could. I knew that there were some Jane Austen purists out there who had basically disowned this prior to seeing it. And while watching the trailer and not being thrilled at the idea of them doing the fleabag style breaking up the fourth wall, I was like, you know what? Trailers lie. You never know until you see it. <laughs> so I went into this with the best intentions. I went into this with hope and I walked out with nothing but agony. <laughs> I'm not a Jane Austen purist, but I do really enjoy the story. And I think that its biggest flaw this film is that I guess it thought that writing an introverted, shy character was something that I guess maybe millennials and Gen Z audiences couldn't relate to. Mm. And maybe they were afraid that that was synonymous with writing a weak character, which I've never found Anne Elliot to be. The story is so much about her growth. And here, that's just completely missing. The Mm -hmm. chemistry between her and Cosmo Jarvis, or Jarvis Cosmo, whatever his name is, it's basically non-existent. He is a romantic device. And I think in an attempt to modernize this classic book, They've created basically just a run-of-the-mill rom-com with all the tropes I hate and (laughs) kind of just sucked dry of all the satire and intricacies that make that story great. I think Dakota Johnson, she's an actress that I like more and more every time I see her. I do think she has an innate charm in this. It's just the way the character's written. It's the way all the characters in this are written. They're either completely dishonest or they are one note to the point where I can't even talk about them. Yeah, so... I'm going to give this four out of 10 mustaches made a jam. <laughs> Bradley. All right. Well, I, I mean, I thought it was fine early on. It lets you know <laughs> that it's going to be cute and quirky and all the morose longing is going to be more. <laughs> Why doesn't he like me? Woo-hoo. 
instead of, oh, the longings of one heart are crushed under the responsibility to a family's obligation and stuff like that. It gets really cheesy later on that I thought they were just going to change the ending completely, but they don't, and that was kind of a bummer. Since the uh, the letter he writes to her is supposed to be like total smoke show. Like, that's supposed to sell you on not just the love that they have for each other, but love as an idea in general. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed. I'm not sure if it was the delivery of the words or if everything leading up to it was too silly for there to be an impact upon this incredibly romantic declaration. But, I mean, it's harmless, and I know I use the term harmless often. There'll be another adaptation of this in, like, three years, I'm sure. (laughs) And maybe it'll be modern day, because, shockingly enough, modern day adaptations of Jane Austen's work often work better than period dramas, except for the uh, Keira Knightley one, which is my favorite. So I'm just going to give this uh, 6.5 out of 10. Catch me, Lord. Catch me. Gone completely wrong. <laughs> oh, man. I was kind of glad she fell, honestly. <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but that's just the stupidest thing to do ever. What on earth? And, you know, sorry. This is final thoughts. No, go for but, it. She wasn't that kind of character throughout the whole thing. When she first started talking and you met her, she wasn't like that. Yeah. So all of a sudden, she's, you know, thrown her entire personality away? No. Suddenly, she's a flippity gibbet. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You know, some women drop the handkerchief, but she dropped her head. 